Hello, and welcome to Mind Body Green's beauty podcast, Clean Beauty School. I am your host and beauty director, Alexandra Inglar. Today, we have a special episode about sustainability and clean ingredients. To do so, I am talking with Mark Vidir, avid gardener, brand founder of Skip Beauty, and member of the Conscious Beauty at Alta Beauty Advisory Council. Mark, welcome. Thank you. So good to be with you, Alex. Well, I am so excited to have this chat today and learn more about you and the brand. I am lucky enough to have a few samples, and I am just so impressed by the brand's ethos and the quality and all the care and attention that you have put into it. So I know we are going to be talking a lot about that throughout this episode. But before we kind of get into the the details of that, I always love letting my audience get to know the guest a little bit better and hear their story. You know, what was your journey into beauty? Well, it is a, a very funny kind of um, journey. So I had no beauty experience. I actually have an agency in New York City that does branding, PR marketing, branding and events. And in 2014, the executive team got together and we said, you know what, we, let's, let's create something on our own because we give such great advice to clients, but a lot of times they don't listen and it would just be great to put all of our best practices towards something that we own. So we started this incubator at the agency and the lowest hanging fruit was this, this plant that I actually discovered and patented on this crazy gardener. I have been since I've been a little boy. I grew up on a farm in upstate New York and we used to grow our our own vegetables. It was a self-sustained farm. But anyway, in my garden, I discovered an echinacea that was blooming bright green. And I knew that there was no such thing as a green blooming echinacea. So I patented the plant and then had it tested. And it turns out the plant is 300% stronger in its active ingredient, which is trichoric acid. So, so we kind of put that out into the ethos. I very much believe in, you know, just kind of putting things out there that you really want. I ordered plugs from my tissue culture lab. So when you, when you patent a plant, you also license tissue culture labs to reproduce the plant for you. And they reproduce it. They take little microscopic pieces of it in, and they, they kind of, you know, grow it in the lab until then they size it up into plugs and into plants and all of that. So I ordered 30,000 plugs, didn't know where I was going to plant them, didn't know what I was going to do with them. But a couple of months later, I met my then-to-be business partner and the brand Pharmacy was born. And the cool thing about it is that I I had always loved beauty products, but had never worked in the space. So we got to design, I got to design this brand from Blue Sky. You know, I didn't have any beauty baggage. We, my agency and I did all the package design, branding, PR, marketing, web, content, storytelling went out on the road, you know, teaching was the face of the brand. And then my business partner did all the formulations and, and the lab and, and put the money in. And what I learned from that was, and, and what I actually think happened, and, and the reason we broke through so quickly is because, again, I didn't have that beauty baggage. We just did what we felt was correct, which was use active ingredients, especially this, this proprietary echinacea that was a new ingredient in the industry and, 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 you know, tell that story authentically. And, and, and that's basically what we did is, is created this brand 
that had this authentic story with a farm in upstate New York that grew this echinacea. And that's what we used in efficacious levels in our product. Take me from that point to now with your new brand, Skit. When I got into the industry, it was funny. You know, I thought that this might be a passion project. And, sure. you know, little did I know. It would take over your life. <laughs> it, took over, it took over my life. But it was also just really eye-opening because, you know, the beauty industry, I learned very quickly, has a lot of marketing speak. Mm-hmm. You know, especially <laughs> around, like, ingredients and efficacy. And when we were originally formulating pharmacy products, you know, the, the submissions would come from the lab and the echinacea would be like the last ingredient in, in, in the list. And, and, and I was like, well, this is about efficacy. And, and the, the formulator was like, oh, it's not just a marketing story. I'm like, no, it's not a marketing story. You know, the other thing that I noticed in the industry too is around sustainability. And at the time, my children, I have twin daughters that are now seven and a half. And at the time, they were just about a year old when we launched in 2015. And, you know, what was bothering me is, is all the, the, the marketing speak and the greenwashing around sustainability in the industry. And I knew that I wanted to do something about that. You know, I don't know if you have children, but the people listening to this with children, I think it changes you. And when you hear all of this news about the environment and we need to step up and, you know, like... Big, big changes need to happen. So I, I just thought that I wanted to do something that takes a big step towards a more sustainable um, future, especially with the beauty industry. And you are launching exclusively with Ulta Beauty, correct? Tell me about that journey. Yes, yes. So, so we launched uh, the brand direct to consumer in on Earth Day last year. I designed this brand to be a retail brand, and I designed this brand actually with Gen Z in mind, and Ulta Beauty as the retailer because millennials and Gen Z all shop at Ulta. So, yep. so when we launched direct to consumer, you know, that is not my sweet spot. Retail is my sweet spot. But again, I wanted to get out there, get some press, get some buzz and get my meetings with Ulta Beauty in place, which we did. And they totally got us. They were so supportive and so behind us that we signed our deal pretty quickly. And we are now rolling out in 700 plus doors in both Sparked and in our own branded end cap, and then we'll be full chain in conscious by August. So wow, seven hundred yeah. stores—that's quite impressive. Uh, I know. It, it, you know, it really speaks to Ulta Beauty's commitment to conscious beauty, and I think that they really believe in us as a sustainable brand. Our packaging—we'll talk about, I'm sure, in in a minute. But it's 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 about them being a retailer that's brave enough to stakes in the ground and say, we as a retailer and as a large retailer can help shift this, this, this change, you know, and, and help shift this movement to a more sustainable future. You guys have clean ingredients and I'm curious, and was there a moment that the, that element of the beauty space connected with you? Like, why do you gravitate towards the the clean formulations, the more natural formulations? Yeah, good question. You know, I always was a proponent for clean beauty. And that's why I think that 
pharmacy really kind of was at the forefront of that movement. Not only our, our proprietary ingredient, you know, was grown in a farm in upstate New York, but also, you know, I, I, I do believe in the marriage of science and nature. You know, as when I grew up as a family, we would grow our own food, vegetables, herbs, make our own tinctures and things like that. And, and that, that was learned from grandparents and ancestors and, and the like. But what I, what I also noticed is that science now, we've come so far with science that I think that it's, it, it's important that we use science to get the best out of these botanicals and out of these clean ingredients. You know, in the old days, we used to just do simple tinctures with alcohol or whatever. And now there's extraction methods and there's other methods that can pull a more standardized extraction and get more actives out of the plants. You know, I knew that, that ingredients were important. And then there was an aha moment, you know, the ingredients or, or, or the formulas at uh, Pharmacy Beauty were, were definitely clean formulas. But when I went into retailers that, that carried the brand and got to train the cast members, that's when it clicked because I would go in and train them on, on the products and, and go back maybe a month later. And these, these associates would come up to me and literally some would cry and they'd say, thank you, thank you for creating this line because it has changed my skin. I am not red. I'm not breaking out. I don't react to this. So thank you for that. And, and that really was profound because, you know, a lot of the beauty industry is based on uh, kind of vanity, I think, in a way. But when, when products really work and really help someone, you know, and, and, and help maintain their skin in a healthy and sustainable way, I think, you know, that just is really moving to me. I think when you approach skin from a point of nurturing it rather than trying to change it, you know, that's when you do see those profound effects um, on people's skins. But, you know, let's let's get into the core of the conversation, which is about sustainability. I know that is such a core part of your mission and is such a part of the mission of, of the brand. You know, I want you to explain to our listeners who, if they don't know Skip already, what is different about Skip's packaging. I know the difference because I have it at home and I, I mean, I think it was when I got the package, I was like, oh my God, this is so smart, so cool. But for anybody who doesn't, can you explain what makes you guys different? Yes, for sure. <clears throat> so it's really two different things. Number one, first and foremost, is our packaging, our FSC certified 81% paper based. So we are a paper carton that stands up in the shelf and is fully recyclable. Now, you know, I say, I, I, you know, I, I kind of wish that you could, you know, the listeners could see this, but, you know, I'd love to show this, this carton. If you're at home, just take a quick second and go Google it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, so we created this, this carton that's, that, that we've dubbed beauty cart. And again, it's not, it's not brain surgery. It is a, it is um, a container like the beverage container or the beverage industry uses. And it, it is, like I said, FSC certified paper. There is a bit of plastic. So the, the, the top and the spout system is 50% uh, post-consumer plastic and 50% virgin plastic. We are not perfect. And I want to just put that out there. You know, all salute people, you know, I, I, I commend everyone that is trying to do the right thing, you know, and, like the shampoo bars and the 
waterless, you know, formulations and things like that. I, I commend those people. I really, though, was thinking that I want to change the most people that I can in the shortest amount of time. So we know, I, I didn't want to try to change consumers' behavior. So I wanted to come up with a packaging that is much more sustainable and a big leaps and bounds ahead of anything else in the beauty industry. But, but the form factor is the same. So I'm not asking a consumer to do something different. I'm just asking them to potentially just choose a better option from a sustainability standpoint. But th that's only half the battle, right? So we have this incredible packaging, fully recyclable, um, big, big leap of you know what's available uh, out in the industry. But the formulas also are second to none. And I learned that in my early days in beauty that your formulas have to be special, you know, otherwise people won't return. You know, they have to be efficacious. Yep. So not only do we have sustainable packaging, but we have a proprietary ingredient that is across the entire line called G Honey Biome. Now, G Honey Biome is made from honey that we collect off of our proprietary echinacea fields in upstate New York only in August when the echinacea bloom is in peak. We take that honey and we bioferment it. And what that means is that we, we, we actually add bacteria to it and they kind of digest the sugar molecules in it. And what comes out of that process is this complex that we have dubbed G-Honey Biome. Now, why it's significant is because we, we then took this complex and we genomically tested it on, you know, to find out exactly what it does. And we found out that it balances and it strengthens the microbiome on your skin, which, you know, we can have a huge discussion about microbiome and people. Oh my God. It, I mean, right? yeah, exactly. <laughs> we could spend years talking about it and we wouldn't get exactly. through it all. <laughs> exactly. And, and just a, a quick thing is the microbiome is the universe on your, the environment on your skin. It's also in your gut, but we'll talk about the skin. And as you know, the skin is your largest organ. So the microbiome is your first line of defense to your, to your immune system. So strengthening and balancing your microbiome is so important when it comes to products that you're putting on your skin. So, so again, packaging, we are, you know, we're the first and only beauty carton in the industry. We, we, you know, we built Skip on a mission to really break the beauty industry's addiction to plastic, show them that there is a better way, a more sustainable way. And again, it's not perfect, but it is a big step in the right direction. And we are constantly iterating. We're already working on a new cap system, which, you know, Alex, you have the product. So right now it's a twist off cap. You hold it and you pour it, you know, you pour the product, you put the cap back on. A little bit, you know, not the best experience from a, a user's point of view, but we already have a patent pending on a new cap system that will be flip top. Well, yeah. And it will be a hundred percent ocean bound plastic. So, mm -hmm. you know, not only is the full carton recycle, fully recyclable, but then this specific piece is all made from plastic that's already here and in the environment. I just love your point about maybe you're not perfect in every respect, but you're trying to do better. And I just think that's such an ethos that I personally live my life by, like, don't make perfection the enemy of the good. 
you know, it's like, and I think the beauty industry as a whole, you know, it's, I, I think that's like an important lesson that people should, you know, grapple with just because I, I think so often people, if, if they feel that they can't do it perfect, then what's the point? And right. well, you know, there, there's actually a huge point and just at least trying to be a little bit better. Yeah. That's a really, really great point, Alex. And it's a really important one that, that listeners need to understand because I've had conversations with, you know, eco-activists that are very strict and they're like, you know, no packaging, you know, you've got to do, you know, use bar soap and, and, you know, there's little tablets that you put in your, in water and make bigger things and, you know, refillables and all that. And, you know, it doesn't work for everyone, but I don't want to feel like, I don't want to feel less than others because I can't live that way. And a lot of people can't live that way. So, so a lot of people would just get turned off and go, forget about it. I can't make a change. I'm only one person. But if, and that is the basis of Skip is that we're giving people, um, let's not try to change your consumer behavior. Let's just give you a better option. And so you can feel good about your purchase, not only about the formulas and they work well and all of that, but also you're doing your small part. And you know one thing that makes your your brand and your packaging interesting is that you've been able to do it at a very accessible price point. You know, I think so often people um, have this idea that sustainable and clean beauty products are not necessarily budget friendly and they are quite expensive. That might come from the idea that they're all packaged in glass jars or they use very expensive plant resins or whatever it is. And I want to ask, how were you able to do it? Because, you know, it's one hurdle that we have to get over if we want to make the world a more sustainable place is creating products that are accessible for more people. Yes. Yeah, no, it's a really good point. And to to tell you the truth, this the the dirty secret is that these cartons are less expensive than a lot of plastic that's out there. The issue is or the challenge was, you know, the machinery that we need to we needed to build and install in order to you know, form and fill these these cartons. So it's not an off the shelf kind of package that Oh, you just buy cartons and fill them. It, it, it is a full process. And that process will get less expensive as we scale. Yeah. So, so the packaging, just one of the elements, is very inexpensive. It's a renewable resource, right? FSC forest means that you, they plant more trees than they harvest. So we're always sustaining that forest and sustaining that supply chain. And then and, and then the the formulas inside, I made a conscious decision and, you know, our formulas are quite robust and quite rich and expensive as a, from a cost of goods standpoint. But again, I think that it was important to make sure that we have efficacious products that work, maybe have a, a, a smaller margin in the beginning, but it's important to lead with um, a product that people are going to fall in love with, that people are going to know that it works and it's, and it's efficacious because then they're repeat, they become a repeat customer and that repeat customer kind of pushes this mission forward. Yeah. I, I, I think it's, it's so inspiring and admirable to make something that is accessible for more people. That's how you make change is you get your idea in front of people and you tell them why you're doing it. And, 
you know, people are smart. They and they want to do better for the most part. You know, so right. if you just explain, explain why you do something, people people are typically willing to listen, I find. So, you know, I want to ask about what are some elements of sustainability do you think that people misunderstand? You know, are there any sustainability beauty myths that you want to bust here? Oh, wow. You know, there there's so many yeah, there's so much misinformation out there. And, and and around sustainability, I think that there's just a lot of work that still needs to be done. But on the positive side, there's lots of things that are happening. Um, I think that America especially needs to get better at recycling. I think that's part of our mission is to not only teach consumers how to do better in the recycling process and 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 pick products that are very recyclable, like Skip, but also work with governments and work with private industry to get better recycling practices and better recycling facilities. You know, there's a new facility that's opening in Connecticut and they're taking all of these beverage containers, these paper containers, these paper cartons like ours, and, and recycling them into building materials. So, so I think that it's, it's kind of opening up that universe and sharing all of this information about all of the things that are happening and and how people can get involved and simply not not by you know dedicating your life to it but just simple changes that that people can make to make a big impact. Yeah, I mean that glides so perfectly into my next question. What are some habits that people can adopt for their day-to-day -day life? You know, you are somebody who lives out their mission, you know, so maybe it's even stuff that you do that you um, want to give advice to other people that they can adopt in their lives. Right. You know, it's interesting. You know, I, I'm far from perfect as well. You know, I have, I have twin daughters. And when we first launched the brand Direct-to-Consumer, we created this video that showed in the Earth Day kind of overall, overall broadcast. And when I showed them this video, it kind of, it was, it was called Dear Planet Earth. And it was written by my co-founder's daughter. And it's really, she wrote this letter to Planet Earth and we put it to this incredible video and it was really moving. And as soon as the kids got done with it, like there were tears in their eyes and they're, they're seven. There were tears in their eyes and they got up and they go, that's it, daddy. No, we are no more plastic. And they started taking anything that was plastic out of the house, including like you know, I try not to use Ziploc bags, but we have them, you know? And my point is, is that, you know, I think that we just have to just be conscious and think, you know, a reusable water bottles. I send the kids to school with them. That, that's a simple change. And yes, they lose them. And so we have 10 of them instead of one because they leave it at school. Um, you know, pick products that, that have a, a more recyclable footprint. So that's, you know, again, our skip products are paper cartons. They're easy to recycle. You throw them in the normal recycling. And, and I don't know if you knew this, Alex, but paper is the most recycled material in the world because it can be recycled up to seven times before the fibers become too small to recycle. So that's I why- I think it's just an easier product to recycle. Like it is. for me, it's just like, you know, it's like there's that- with plastics and stuff like that, there's so many nuances, yeah. you know, you have to like, yeah. you have to twist off this and then you have to like take out that, you know, and yeah. I just feel like paper is just, it's such a much organic way to recycle. So there's just like less of a learning curve. Yep. And also I think that, you know, just kind of the reusable things, you know, like sending mm -hmm. the kids to school with, with containers that are reusable and, 
Yeah. And, you know, we're, we're, we try to not be those overconsumed kind of people where, you know, buying processed things and, you know, it's just, look, at the end of the day, it's just, you try to do the best that you can do and, and feel proud about it, you know, and, and get your kids involved because now my children are like, oh my God, look at all that plastic. Let's go pick it up. Or, you know, so they're the ones that are kind of, you know, being those leaders now and they, they have a voice. So I think you just do the best you can. You have mentioned the the ingredient that you use, uh, the honey ingredient that you use, and why it makes why it is so unique and why it makes your product so unique. And I know that the the conversation around saving our bees comes up quite a bit, and and not only the beauty conversation, but also sustainability writ large, and you know just how we can better our planet. You know, it just it it pretty regularly pops up into these conversations. So I think I'd be remiss not to ask you about your process with it and, you know, how how this honey ingredient, you know, how does it play a role in that conversation? Mm-hmm. You know, Alex, I'm so glad you asked that question because there's it's an important issue that's happening, you know, with the bee population diminishing. So just kind of rewind a little bit into, you know, the, the, the thought behind Skip. So when I was thinking of this line and I knew that I wanted to do, you know, the sustainable packaging, but the, the formulas were also really, really important. And so, and, and one of the proprietary ingredients that I have are, is this echinacea honey? I, I wanted to see how special our honey was from kind of you, you know, you hear a lot about Manuka honey, which is, you know, the New Zealand honey, and it heals wounds and all of that. So I took our honey when I was developing Skip to a, a lab at Rutgers University, and I said, could you just assay this and test it against Manuka honey? I just want to know where we stand, you know, because there's so much out there about Manuka honey. So it came back that all honey has 136 amino acids, and, and Manuka has four additional ones, and our echinacea honey has the same four, but they also found a protein that is only found in royal. So, oh, that, cool. Yeah. So that was the impetus for me to say, okay, we're going to use our honey as the base of our line and let's do this fermentation process because, you know, that process kind of crystallizes and, and makes the extraction even more potent. So the active ingredients are more kind of, re- are, are more potent. So when we, we, harvest the honey only in August. We only take less than 50% of the honey that's on, on, on the hives. We're very conscious about making sure that the bees have enough honey to make it through the winter. And I don't know if you knew this, but honey is one of the only organic materials that never, never goes bad. That's been found in the tombs in Egypt and it's still at a- I actually didn't think I knew. Yeah. It was to that degree. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And incredible. It, it crystallizes, but it's just, you know, if you put it in warm water, it, it goes back to its kind of syrupy form and it's still good and the actives are still alive in, 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 in it. So for us, you know, we take really great care of our hives. There's about 80 hives on our echinacea fields. Like I said, we take about 50% of the honey so that they they can bulk it back up in the fall before it gets cold. So it's important that, you know, people know, especially, you know, we are, are, are not vegan, of course, because we do use honey. But I just wanted to point out that, you know, there's a difference between local 
honey and local beekeepers and the commercial beekeepers. You know, I think that local beekeepers are playing a, a vital role in keeping the bee population from completely collapsing and the population that we have as healthy as possible. I, I grew up with beekeepers on my property growing up in Nebraska. So I have a soft spot in my heart for anybody who supports their local beekeeper. Yes, <laughs> um, absolutely. So, you know, you are a member of Conscious Beauty at Ulta Beauty Advisory Council. I wanted to ask, you know, why did you decide to join? What was what was different about Ultra Beauty's approach? Well, I have to say I was just super honored to be asked to be on the board, on the council. You know, I think it's, the reason I was so excited is because I think that Ulta Beauty is, again, really leading the way in conscious beauty. And I wanted to be part of this advisory council and be, and, and be with other experts so that together, you know, we can really push this mission forward. You know, I think that Ulta Beauty as a retailer has deep, deep, deep roots across the country, you know, deep relationships with their consumers. And I think that, you know, as a retailer, they can really lead the way for these changes that need to happen in the beauty industry. And I think that, you know, this council is part of their commitment to, to bring together these experts, these people with passion and people that are walking the walk and help them as a corporation move in that right direction to, to be the leader and, and be the impetus to, to get this, this, this movement kind of up and running and flourishing. Yeah. You know, my last question to end on a high note is what changes do you want to see in the beauty industry? What, what does the future of beauty look like to you? Well, you know, my dream is in three to five years, walk down the aisles of big box stores and walk down the personal care and hair care aisle and see all paper beauty cartons because if that happens and when that happens it just shows that we are moving in the right direction you know a more sustainable direction it shows that consumers really want to do the right thing and you know that the beauty industry is willing to you know to to make those changes because there's changes that have to happen now and for the future of our not only our, our world, but, but our children and, and the human race. So, so that's my dream. Well, I think that is a, a very admirable dream to have, and I'm right there with you. So thank you so much for joining me today, Mark. For all of our listeners out there, if you want to check out Mark's brand, Skip Beauty, you can find it at Conscious Beauty at Ulta Beauty. I have been using the shampoo and conditioner, and I am a fan, so you can take my word for it. Awesome. Thank you, Alex, so much. And just remember, it's passion, not perfection. So no one, don't strive to be perfect, just do your best. I think that's a great ending tip. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you liked it, don't forget to rate and review us. And before we sign out, I just want to introduce a new feature that we are introducing to the pod. You can now submit all of your lingering beauty questions. All you have to do is drop in a voicemail and I'll answer it here on the pod. Whether you have a follow-up question about a specific episode or are just curious about an ingredient, routine, or product, 
we want to hear from you. Head over to sayhi.chat slash cleanbeautyschool to submit your questions. I will put that link in the show notes so you can click on it there. Once we get a few of them, our team will select a few to answer during a special Q&A segment, and you just might be featured on this pod. Thanks again for tuning in and see you next week.